Hey all, before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to come on and issue a quick spoiler slash content warning. This episode contains spoilers for all of season one of Wolfman of Wolvershire, so if you haven't read the full season, please go read it if you don't want to be spoiled. As for the content warning, this episode does contain mention of sensitive topics like abuse of different kinds, as well as unhealthy coping mechanisms and abortion. Listen at your own discretion, and here is the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Webtoon Room. I'm Will. And I'm Crudy. And today, we're here to talk about The Wolfman of Wolvershire, Season 1. This webtoon just had its finale, and we're really excited to get into it and talk all about it. Let's dive right in. Wolfman of Wolvershire is a webtoon by Copybacca, as we call her. She goes by a bunch of different names, and that's just the name we know her by. So if you're listening, please do let us know what names you prefer. Anyway, Wolfman of Wolvershire is a Victorian-era murder mystery with fantasy elements mixed in. There are orcs and elves and other magical creatures, as well as mystical happenings. And that is part of one of the central mysteries to the story. It is. It's got a very interesting setting because it's set, it's slightly gothic at some points. It's, you know, set in a Victorian era type of atmosphere. And it has all of these mix of different genres and tropes. And for me, I am a fan of murder mysteries. So as a fan of murder mysteries and as a consumer of many of them, it is really interesting to me that it's billed as a murder mystery, but it doesn't follow typical murder mystery story structure. There are certain tropes that do happen, like with Emery, you know, snooping and kind of causing trouble, and then she's found dead. Like, that's a very typical, like, murder mystery theme or, or trope. But story structure-wise, it doesn't quite follow that, and it's less typical that way. Yeah, and we'll get more into that later. But we should start with our favorite part of the story, which is our two main characters, Carrie and Ren. Yeah, I think those two, in terms of characters and characterization, they really carry the story for the both of us, I think. Carrie, haha. Yes, she does carry the story. Carrie does. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Ignore me, I said nothing. Let's move on. <laughs> Carrie is a very interesting character because she's a very sex-positive character set in a uptight, very prudish, Victorian-era standard world. Yeah, it is a very interesting juxtaposition to have the world around her be... You use the word prudish, and I think that's pretty accurate. Brianna, especially and Dane are the two that set up this world the most, especially in initial chapters, and it makes it very clear that women are expected to have a certain place in life. They cannot inherit titles in the same way that men can, and they're literally headed to a human meat market in terms of, you know, finding a bride for the Duke, who we'll get into. 
Carrie takes all these expectations and kicks them to the curb. She very much wants to trail her own way through the world. She flirts with who she wants to flirt with. She drinks when she wants to drink. She chooses to not conform to these standards. Yes. It's very interesting because she, you are absolutely right, she really doesn't let the trappings of society hold her down in any way. And she is so unaffected by them in, in the beginning, especially, that it kind of, it at first, led me to a little bit of like a, whoa, like how does someone like this, you know, who is so sexually confident and confident, period, and also unaffected by the racism that exists in this webtoon towards fairy folk, how does someone like this show up in this webtoon? And we get a little bit more information and a little bit more detail into her character later on, but I am really glad that she does exist in this webtoon, that we have someone that we can root for like this who is such a good heroine, and it makes it clear that she is not only a good heroine, but a very decent person. Yeah, decent people in this webtoon are unfortunately a little short on supply. Not to say that Carrie doesn't have her own flaws. She definitely deals with her problems by drinking in a lot of ways, and that's what she runs to. She's not the best with healthy relationships either. And not to say that Carrie has a ton of unhealthy relationships, but she has mentioned in the past of using sexual encounters as like drunken distractions. It's not terrible, but it's also not the healthiest coping mechanism that exists out there. So there is an element of subduing, of drugging herself to make herself forget or not deal with her problems. And that's how they have their first meeting, where Carrie's at a bar drunk. Mm-hmm. And she's sad and she's looking to quell that sadness a little bit. But that is actually how they meet for the first time. In the webtoon, we're introduced to them by their second meeting when Carrie and her entourage is heading to Wolvershire and the carriage ends up running over a Vakarin, Vakarin? Vakarin, who is walking by the side of the road because he is heading there for a gig. And that's how we first meet these characters. Yeah, and Carrie and Ren from the get-go are really, really flirty with each other. They have a great banter. I really like it. I, I love this kind of immediate chemistry that they display because it's a very real thing that happens when you're out and about as an adult and you have this dynamic with someone that you immediately find very interesting and captivating and very attractive. And it's not something that webtoons always portray or they don't always have these adult kind of interactions like this. So I'm happy to see this in this webtoon with Carrie and Ren. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It captures that immediate spark and connection that that they feel for each other and they continue to for the rest of the season. Yeah, definitely. It's really satisfying when it pays off. I don't know if we want to get into it right now, but it really is because it's been building up throughout the season, their chemistry and their banter and their heavy interest in each other. Yeah, it. we can get into it now. It builds, it starts off strong and it keeps going. Even when they're investigating their secret tunnels or hidden away in a church, it just keeps building. And I will say, it becomes very satisfying. Mm-hmm. It is. It's really nice because 
again, as I said, the common thread is that all of their interactions have that maturity where both of them are adults, they're both consenting adults, and they want to flirt with each other, they want to be close to each other, they want to have sex with each other, so they do. And it's great, and they both have a really good time. There is zero guilt, there is zero feeling bad, it's all fun, and it is caring, too, which is another thing that I really like about their relationship. They're not just fuck buddies. They are people who care about each other, who happen to find each other very attractive, but there's some basic human care and decency and respect and compassion that they exhibit to each other, and it's really lovely to see. For me, they're a worthy main couple. I really like the two of them. Yeah, for me as well. They carry for each other in a way that is very, very special in a lot of ways. It's very intimate, and it's clear that they do have each other's best interests at heart. Mm -hmm. I really love the moment. I love it especially because it's so early on. When Cindy first gets killed, we see her drop dead to the ground in the spring fling, the initial kind of party that the Duke is hosting in his mansion. We see Carrie comforting Ren, and she does a wonderful job at it. It's so beautiful because she shows him a lot of care and compassion and asks about his connection to the girl and calls her his family, which considering the treatment that elves receive in this world, that fairy folk receive, she shows him a lot of respect and care that not a lot of the other characters in the webtoon would and do. And it is so early on to see that kind of intimacy and care being shown between the two of them was really beautiful to see. Yeah, and it makes the season finale even more gripping because we've spent this entire season being invested and in seeing the care they have for one another. And while you could argue it's a little cliche, their relationship is now immediately under threat. Mm -hmm. There are some stakes there from the season finale that have been built up over the season and we finally got to see them together, spend the night together, and we're invested and bam, it hits ya. A literal cliffhanger. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the season finale asks, of course, the big bad question, who is the Wolfman of Wolvershire? Or what is the Wolfman of Wolvershire? Yeah, and who killed those girls? Was it the Wolfman? We don't even know at this point. There have been two murders so far. One was Cindy, Sindhaila. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce her name, but I think that was okay. She was an elf, and she was murdered in the beginning of the story, as we said. And the second murder happens right around the end, and they kill Emery. I've forgotten her last name, but her first name is Emery, and she's a cousin of the Duke, who had just been discovered to be delving into some shady stuff blackmailing stuff and it's related to the first murder too mm -hmm. do you have any theories will what are your thoughts on all of this i usually don't have any big bad theories for what's going on i'm usually just in for the ride but here i am really curious who is doing the murdering we don't know is there really a monster i don't know i really really don't know we do see a big furry creature a character of some kind with a knife i d you know it's not clear if that's a costume or if that's something else that is 
more in line with the, some of the fairy leanings, fairy tale leanings that the story has. I am not sure, but we do see some character like that. The question is, how is this character picking their victims? We know that Cintyla was sexually involved with the Duke, and she was actually pregnant. And she, she's kind of like part of the underbelly of secrets of that household. We also know that Emery is deeply involved in that household as well. She is a cousin. It's implied that she has been harmed by the older duke, the, the current duke's father. There are certain implications that were made. She obviously is privy, being a part of that family, to a variety of the secret tunnels and the secret spaces in that home. So maybe she saw something in those hallways. We know that she was blackmailing the duke or tried to blackmail him. We don't know if she may have been involved in anything else or knew of anything else. Yeah, and as we mentioned before, she falls into the classic fate in a murder mystery. She gets murdered. Do you think that these secrets have anything to do with why these women were murdered? Is this somebody who is trying to cover some things up? Are they? Do they have a different plot? Is the Wolfman of Wolvershire myth actually happening? Is it real? What I think right now is that it has something to do with the family itself. The myths around the Wolfman have been around the land, and there have been some implications about some of the family stuff that goes on. They mentioned that there's a history of incest in this family, and while they're not directly related, they kind of point in the same direction that there's definitely something more sinister going on in the background. Yeah, and they mentioned that this is not the first time that young women have suffered a cruel fate like this, have gone straight from the ballroom to the graveyard. And when we go to the graveyard, actually, when we go to the cemetery, we see three young women who were all dead on the same day. And we know, you know, this is slightly related, not quite. Everett's mother was found hanging in the ballroom eight years ago from this current date where the webtoon is happening. So this family and this location, this house, is no stranger to tragedy and mystery. Yeah, and the mystery really is, is this a man-made tragedy or a wolf-made one? Speaking of mysteries, it's also heavily implied that Ren has parents that are a little higher up in society. Yes, and we learn too that he is not, in fact, a full elf. Yes, he is half human, half elf, and his father was the elf, so the mother was human. As to who that human mother is, she is a mystery, but it is implied that she is the now-deceased Lady Caitlin Waterford, meaning that him and Everett, if that were true, him and Everett would be half-brothers. Yeah, and it's a really, really juicy moment when, when we learn this and put it together, and I knew I was like, oh, man, like, what are the implications of this? Oh, man, like. It's, there's so many good hints and, and little, you know, droplets uh, that have been placed in the webtoon kind of even early on. Right at the beginning, Carrie, when she meets uh, Duke Everett, she thinks that he is Ren because of his voice when he speaks to her. She hasn't even seen him yet. She hears him and she immediately thinks that he is Ren. So they have the same voice, or at least a similar voice, 
And there is a painting in that house where it looks as if someone has been painted over or erased from the painting who is sitting on the couch or sofa, fancy couch, next to the mother, Caitlin. Yeah, and the implications of having mixed parents in this world are very, very different than you'd expect. One, not just that it's not common, but it also can be dangerous depending on who's the father, who's the mother. And it's interesting that it's flipped in this case. Mm-hmm. I mean, typically how it happens in fiction is that the father is the one that has all the extra children. So it is, <laughs> I don't mean extra children, the illegitimate children, I should say. Um, but in this case, it's the mom. So that is fascinating. And we also learn that Ren has spent time in this home before. He worked in this house as part of the servants, part of the people kind of serving and tending to the home. And he has been, he has a reputation as well. Yeah, when he comes back, the kitchen staff recognize him. They know him. They know who he is. And they're a little bit suspicious of him because he left for a girl to go join the circus. And he was also involved in drugs at this time. Mm -hmm. And now he's back and he's sort of redeemed himself a little bit. But they're still suspicious of him. Yeah, Ren has an interesting background. And I'm very interested to see that get a little more delved in into season two. And to learn a little bit more about his history with this family and to learn more about his parentage i think that will be fascinating and it'll be interesting to see how and if that affects his relationship with carrie and the overall mystery of the series because right now he's being accused as the murderer when we i mean i have a pretty strong suspicion that it's not ren i really don't think it's ren it's i think it's likely going to be somebody else but right now that's who is the suspect i'm with you ren is definitely being the fall guy at this moment He's being pinned, kind of being pinned for this crime with flimsy evidence, but... Very little evidence. I was like, Everett, who are you to accuse someone of murder? You are a sheltered duke. Are you an investigator? <laughs> he, should leave, uh, he should leave the job up to the real police in this webtoon. Yes. Like Dane. Yeah, I don't know that Dane would have done a better job, though. Because <laughs> um, he was he was the person that was on hand at Cindy's murder. And he kind of brushed that under the rug. I was not impressed with the way that he handled that, to be honest. He kind of was quick to jump to conclusions there. And I think a lot of that has to do with the racism that just exists in this world. It was very suddenly dismissed they were very quick to label cindy as a drug user and to label this as an accident yeah. versus look into it any further yeah dane definitely is prejudiced like many in this world and he lets it fly yeah we should get into him a little bit more because he's another one of the fleshed out characters in this webtoon yeah he starts off the webtoon by being a bit of a jerk to be honest, he is very snappy with Carrie. He judges her, criticizes her about all of her decisions. Pretty much the entirety of the first part of this webtoon. You might confuse him for a bit of an antagonist. No, he's just a little bit of a jerk to her. And it gets interesting because he does have a lot going on besides this just outwardly prickly thorny attitude. 
towards Carrie. He has his own struggles as well. And one of those is his relationship with Carlton. Mm-hmm. Dana's got a lot of internalized homophobia. He is definitely attracted to men. It's not clear if he's bisexual or pan or, you know, if he is attracted to women. But he's definitely attracted to men, but he is definitely not happy about this fact either. And he hides it as much as possible. I'm not certain if that's a function of the society that this webtoon is set in. If gay relationships or LGBTQ relationships are frowned upon to this extent that he feels the need to hide it. But Carlton certainly doesn't. So I don't know. It's it's hard to get a read on that. Yeah. And Dane is a little, in a little bit of denial, too. Because he, he tries to hide it, but it's clear that a lot of people actually know already. Mm-hmm. And it's not a big deal for them. No, it is not. Yeah, and to get back to your points about his relationship with Carrie and his prickliness, I really did not like him, actually. When I first started reading this webtoon, I really did not like him. He was... He was, yeah, he was a huge jerk uh, to me when I first started reading this. I was like, why are you, like, why? (laughs) Why are you being this way? And I think I'm really curious about his relationship with Carrie because it's clear that it is pretty antagonistic. She riles him up and he is really prickly towards her. I get the sense that there is something there. I don't know exactly what the nature of that relationship is or what Dane's motivation is to be this protective or prickly or judgy of Carrie, but I think that there's a little more to their relationship. They've got some history or some some kind of baggage maybe because he certainly doesn't treat Brianna like that. And the only other person that he treats that way is Carlton when Carlton flirts. In fact, Carlton's interactions with Dane mirror Carrie's interactions with Dane in an interesting way because they both like like to poke his buttons they both flirt a little bit not in a way to actually hit on him but it's mostly to get a rise out of him and they can be kind of similar people sometimes they're both very curious nosy people so I don't know if Dane likes or is interested in Carrie in this way but he certainly has a type yeah, there's also a really, really fascinating moment where Dane's in bed with Carlton, getting it on, and he says Carrie's name. Well, actually, they're not getting it on. They're just sleeping. But still, it's still a notable moment because it's just not a situation where you would say the name of another person <laughs> when you're, like, cuddling them in bed. And... Yeah, it's really, when I read that, and then it obviously affected Carlton. We got to see, he was really disappointed. He he was not happy about that. And that's what kind of brings to mind, like, my question, is there some kind of guilt in, in Dane's mind that regarding Carrie, you know, where he's, like, lying asleep and he, you know, is dreaming about her, essentially, is there some kind of guilt there in his motivation to act the way he does around her? Or does he have any sort of feeling for her? And he strikes me as the kind of guy who is so twisted up inside. He's got a huge stick up his ass. And, like, 
not even just that. He's, he, you know, we mentioned and talked about, like, his internalized homophobia. I feel like he is tortured by all of these society expectations, too. Like, there's so much in there that he has not worked out for himself yet. And I can see how having feelings for somebody like Carrie would really just, like, twist him up inside and confuse him. And then it would lead to him acting like a huge jerk. Yeah, he is definitely, definitely confused, or at least not very clear in his own worldviews. And he, he, whether he realizes it or not, it definitely affects him and his interactions with other people around him. Mm-hmm. And Carlton, most of all, which we can talk a little bit about Carlton. He's an interesting character to me because he has a background as an investigative like photojournalist basically and i think that he's one of the sharpest characters in this webtoon yeah he definitely picks up on yeah he definitely picks up not just on the what's happening but also read in the reading of other characters and people Mm -hmm. i think he's one of the few people that picks up that there's more to Cindy's death than just what is presented. And he is the one that Emery calls up when she, just before she's murdered. So he is involved in whatever is happening. Yeah. Carlton is an interesting character for sure. He's astute. He picks up on things. And I would also like to know his thoughts on the Duke of Wolvershire, Everett. Everett is an interesting character. I actually really appreciate him a lot because it's very rare that we get such an unsavory character in a webtoon who's not the villain. Because Everett, he is a grade-A asshole. And he is very dislikable and, and just is, is not a great person. But he is not the antagonist of this story. And he is not evil. He doesn't engage in certain things. And I really don't think that he is the murderer, actually. I would be very surprised if he was. And it's for this reason that I find him kind of unique. Yeah, he has lines he does not cross. Despite him, as you said, being a grade-A asshole, there are things he does not do. And he does not strike me as the kind of person who would commit murder or even order it in this way. Yeah, a lot of his behavior is in line with his status in the webtoon. He is a duke, he is a member of the royal family, or at least related to them. And he is rich, and he's powerful, and he's young, and he's fairly good looking. And it makes sense that he would be a spoiled, sheltered, bratty kind of person. He exhibits a lot of those behaviors of, of entitlement that rich people, that high-status people in that time would have. And so that's not really a surprise to me. The way he treats women is also not really a surprise to me. He does not go into and toe the line of abuse. But he is a massive asshole in how he sees his status as elevated above everyone else's. And I think that speaks a lot to not only entitlement but immaturity he is young yeah he drags carrie around kind of against her will to kind of show her off and he also forces a kiss on her too 
the laundry list kind of goes on and on. His behavior around Brianna is kind of unacceptable. The way he talks to his cousin Emery is not very nice, simply put. He is not at all a great person. Um, it is unfortunately understandable and realistic that he would behave the way he does, though. Which says a lot about the entitlement and the occasional depravity of those kinds of royals and titled individuals. Yeah. Yeah. And someone who we haven't mentioned yet, Dalton, Dane's brother, is someone who is entitled, but toes the line little, not a little, quite too far. Yeah, he... He crosses some lines that I actually don't think Everett would cross, and he straight up is abusive to Carrie. He is verbally abusive, sexually abusive, I think physically abusive as well, and we don't really get to see details about that relationship, how long it went, how it started. We just know that Carrie was in this relationship with this man, and it sounds like she really only got free after the train crash where he was immobilized yeah and we can see that her past with dalton has left a scar on her Mm -hmm. she's still affected by what happened it seems like she's done an okay job of healing to the point where she's not having flashbacks very often it's not something that is an active presence in her head when she is living out her life but it comes back to her in certain moments and especially in moments when another character triggers it like when dane shames her for having an abortion keep in mind this is a woman that does not really like children she's not interested in having children anyway and shaming a woman for an abortion is never okay you do not know their circumstances, first of all. So this was really terrible on Dane's part. This was not an okay thing to say. And for her, it triggers her to that traumatic time in her life where she was made pregnant as a result of rape by Dalton. And she had to endure that entire situation. So it definitely is something that still stays with her. We mentioned before that she has unhealthy coping mechanisms i would not be surprised if a lot of those made their appearance around this time when either during or even after the abusive relationship ended it seems like during because she was drinking at a bar to forget and to numb herself when she met ren but i don't think it it helps her it it is something that she still lives with yeah she finds a lot of solace in the bottom of a bottle. Mm-hmm, she does. I think she's also dealing with the death of her father because she seemed pretty close to her father as well. He's the other character that perished in the train crash. Dalton didn't perish, but he, I believe, is... He's not moving. He is in a hospital. This is a little bit mysterious. We kind of don't have a ton of details about the train crash, but this is another one of those things that I think is going to factor more and come up again in season two. Whenever that is, no rush, Capibaca. Looking back through season one, though, there were lots of shifts in focus in the story, and that's part of the reason why there are so many questions for season two, actually. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with the story incorporating all of these different elements 
that we talked about in the beginning with the Victorian era society hierarchy, with the fairy tale elements with the ogres and the elves and the folklore legend Wolfman of Wolvershire and the murder mystery component. It's a lot to throw into one story and it is really difficult to mesh them in a way where it's really tight. Yeah, and this webtoon does a fairly good job of blending them. All of these things feel like they do belong into the same world. Our attention does get shifted a lot, and this bleeds over also into some of the characters too. The characters are very, very colorful, and they're very rich in a lot of ways. Yeah, you would never mistake them for one another or as being bland. Like, they all are fairly distinctive. We know who Brianna is. We know who Carlton is. We know who Emery is. But the amount of attention that each character gets is different. Carrie and Wren obviously get the most love being main characters. Dane and Carlton, I would say, are in that second tier where they get some backstory, some interest. And Emery a little bit just before her murder, which makes sense just from murder mystery storytelling structure and characterization. That is just, that makes sense to me. And the other minor characters, like I said, we know who they are. They are distinctive, but we don't get a ton of information about them or a ton of characterization about them yet. So I'm not sure if we'll get that in season two or not, or if that's something that they're kind of minor side characters and we don't need to know a ton about them. Yeah, one character we should mention too is Brianna. She very much is 17 and quite immature. Yeah, I laughed a little bit. I lulled when she called Carrie immature and I was like, girl... You can't be calling someone that if that's something you also are experiencing. It's just, they do have a very much a sister dynamic, but I I kind of found myself a little upset with Brianna sometimes because, and I understand it, she's young. She has grown up with a lot of the society norms that Carrie has had to unlearn, I think, but or, or has never really fallen for. She's kind of strikes me as being more of like a rebel child, perhaps, than Brianna is. But Brianna is very much enmeshed in it, and I would want to root for her to hopefully unlearn some of that and to grow more into herself. Yeah, and this kind of touches on a very, very real thing that everyone has to deal with. Carrie probably never bought into these as much, but Brianna does. Yeah, I feel bad because she is growing up and there are people ready to take advantage of young, of innocent people. But she does have a really good older sister who cares for her, who wants to look out for her, so I am optimistic. I want to see more of their relationship, and I want Brianna to be a little more open to Carrie in season two, so I'm interested to see more of their sister dynamic as well. I don't think I have too many more thoughts to say. Will, do you have any more thoughts about this webtoon? I don't think so. Let's get into our closing thoughts. I really enjoy the chemistry between the main couple. I really enjoy the intimacy they have and the level of intimacy they have. It's not just about the sex. It's not just about their flirting. It's about their connection as people to each other. Yeah, it's very visible 
even during their sex scenes or even during their flirting scenes, I love how they both look out for each other. And I love that their relationship with each other is not solely on each other's minds. Carrie has got other stuff that she's dealing with that she gets interested in, which I think is a very good example to set for someone younger reading this webtoon, maybe. And Ren has got other stuff going on, too. He's not, he does not exist to serve Carrie as a partner. He has other things on his mind, which I think is healthy. It's what real life is like, and it's great to read. Yeah, this entire webtoon is just fun to read. It's a fun fantasy romp. It's fun in its character dynamics. It's a fun, sexy story, which we don't get too many of in webtoons. A lot of webtoons are, I like to jokingly call them teases, where it's about the pursuit, and it's about getting the kiss. And this one's just like, no, the characters want to do it, and they do. Yeah, it's great. It's very adult in a lot of ways, which I appreciate because we don't get too many of these in Webtoon where it's very, it's just very much out there. In Instead of teasing or hinting at something, the Wolfman or Wolveshire just puts it out there. It kind of reminds me of the vibe of Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. If anyone watches that show, it's an Australian murder mystery show based on a series of novels. But Miss Fisher, as a main character, kind of reminds me of Carrie a little bit. They are both very strong, independent women, and very sexual as well. They don't shy away or are shamed by their sexuality, and they are deeply caring of the people around them. Miss Fisher kind of builds her own found family around her. So if you like that kind of a story, I think Wolfman of Wolvershire will be something you enjoy. Yeah, we enjoyed the absolute heck out of this webtoon. And if you haven't read it, by the time you reached here, you should go and read it. Yeah, thank you guys for sticking till the end of today's podcast with us. We really had a lot of fun talking about Wolfman of Wolvershire. We really enjoyed getting into all the little details about it. Thank you very much for listening to our episode on Wolfman of Wolvershire. I want to give a really quick shout out to the author, Kapibaka. She's very, very fun to talk to on Twitter and banter and interact with. And she's great. You should go check out her Twitter at the very least, if we haven't convinced you at least to check out her work. Yes, um, absolutely check her out on Twitter and Instagram. She posts at Wolfman Comic on Instagram. Uh, and while you're at it, feel free to check us out as well. We're at the Webtoon Room on Instagram and Twitter find us chat with us we'll be so happy to do that or you can email us at the webtoon room at gmail.com thank you so much for listening we'll see you next week bye-bye